Good day, everyone. Welcome to Socratic Theory. I am your host, Socrates Trinidad. I'm very excited to bring a special guest here today to be able to talk about leadership and bring this information out to you on, on how you can implement or be able to use this information in your daily life, at work, or share the information to people around you. My special guest today is a dear friend of mine, Frances Matthew, who is, who is a licensed social worker. She's a doctoral student at William James College. She's from Lynn, Massachusetts, and she is just full of knowledge, full of love and compassion, and her passion and leadership is just overwhelming and extremely, extremely, extremely influ influential and inspirational to my life. I want to give a special thanks for Francis for being here. Thank you, Francis. Welcome to Socratic Theories. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm happy to be here. I love everything that you're doing. I think this is definitely going to, you know, shine light and awareness on our field and just how to improve our society. So I'm so happy to be a part of this. Absolutely, absolutely. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and 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 how you got here to um, on this journey of leadership. Okay, so I think. I've always been a leader in some sort of role, right? So as you know, I played sports when I was younger and I always ended up being in a leadership role as a captain or just as a team leader. Um, and then from there, it just excelled in college as well. Um, I became an RA and just helped monitor and keep other students safe. And as I noticed throughout my roles, um, how important it was to just have someone to give you clear direction and feedback. Um, once I got into my profession of being a social worker, um, I was realizing I was working on the uh, micro level in terms of direct contact with clients and just implementing change. However, I felt as if I could be, I could, I could provide more impact on the macro level, changing the system that is providing services to these clients and that's how i started to look into leadership um programs because i wanted to understand how can i best help the mental health service um because for so many years i was providing direct care and i wanted to be as impactful as i possibly could with the resources that i had that is that sounds Phenomenal. I know that you've been um, able to help a lot of the community members, a, a lot of the people around you. And now I see yourself, you know, being able to help and implement change into the bigger organizations. Tell us a little bit about your journey with um, your doctoral program and, and where where you're heading towards that. How's, how's that feeling of, of being able to learn and know that you're going to implement these big changes? Okay, um, so I... I've been in direct care as a therapist for about five five years, right? Um, the populations that I work with primarily was uh, substance use, addiction, and developmental services. I've also worked with youth in the past. And again, those populations are dear to my heart. You know, like you want to be able to help everybody. Um, well, at least that's how I felt. Every client that came through the door, I wanted to save them. I wanted to help them. I wanted to guide them. Um, and if I couldn't do any of those, at least provide them with a tool so they can do it for themselves. Um, but it was just hard. <laughs> like, it was so hard because in the back of my mind, 
I felt like I didn't have enough policies. I didn't have enough support to really do some of the things that I wanted to do, right? Um, so say, for example, we have a client that needs a referral to um, get housing, right? Something that's so simple where I'm like, why can't I just send this referral? Certain agencies and somebody, certain companies that I worked for wouldn't allow me to do that just because of contracting and all of that. And on the level that I was in, just providing direct service, you know, it's frustrating because it's just like, why can't I do this simple task that seems that's going to help benefit the client and just make it a better better experience for them as well, more likely for them to return if they're getting good services. Um, but I realized that at that level, like my influence and my power was very limited, right? So then from there, I'm going to do a quick plug-in. I wrote my book, um, The Cor Correlation Between Depression and Acculturation Amongst Asian American Immigrants. You can find it on Amazon, uh, named Francis nice. Matthew. Um, I really focus on the immigrant immigrant population, right, and their lack of resources. And as I wrote this book, um, it was just constantly reminding me, like, Francis, you need to be in a place of leadership to help these populations that um, that may not know what's there, may not know what's available. How are we looking at marketing um, to obtain these diverse these diverse groups, right? Um, and these were all in my, this was all processing as I'm sitting in front of a client, right? So it's like on the day to day, I would see someone, I get the task done, but I knew I could do better, <laughs> right? I knew wow. I could do yeah. so much more for them. Um, right, because you're a problem solver. So you was always trying to figure like, all right, I could solve this issue, but then you felt like you was constrained on the resources that you can give. Exactly, right? exactly. And I felt like, you know, if you went to higher up sometimes, it was just very black and white. And I hate black and white answers. I hate yes or no. It's like the, the field that I'm in, it's not yes and no. There's a lot of grays. You know, it's really subject to change based off of the situation, right? Right, so, absolutely. So I had to skip that level, right? And be like, well, <laughs> I'm the person that if the CEO emails me, I will try to email them back, you know, and I know that's very on the pond. People are like, no, you have to talk to your direct supervisor. I'm like, well, they gave me the gateway, so <laughs> I'm gonna use it. Um, yeah, right. But that has always been my mindset, and then I realized, um, I realized that um, although I had the passion, right, to be a leader, I really needed to understand what that meant. I really needed to understand more logistically how does that how to implement leadership um and that's where the course came in where i had these great ideas i know um where i wanted to go but i think with the education that i'm receiving at william james really helped one with my confidence and let's be realistic like um those acronyms at the end of your name matter <laughs> you know um people are more likely to listen to you if you're saying I'm Francis, the doctoral student, and here is my experience, here is my knowledge, as opposed to, I'm Francis, the LCSW social worker, right? So, Absolutely. so I think it was important for me to get this degree because I also want to be seated in rooms where people like me often aren't seated and, being, and be taken seriously. 
Um, Absolutely. And what project are you working on right now in your in your doctoral journey? So I've been very blessed to work for a company that's open to innovation and open to um, learning more about areas that they need to work on. Right. So you'll hear this often um, in the program, DDOs, develop, develop, deliberately developmental organizations. Right. So it's looking at weak, your weaknesses and trying to work on it. But in order for you to work on your weaknesses, you have to have that psychological safety, right? So it's like, yeah. say for example, um, you struggle with time management, right? You have an employee that's struggling with time management. I think oftentimes we're so used to like recommending them and just saying, um, we're gonna write you up, you suck at this. Um, we'll take some time management courses or something. Yeah, but there's, <laughs> but there's no real, like, learning from. Like, what is going on? Right. How can, like, how can we help you improve that one area that you're struggling with? Because clearly you're still working here. So there's other areas and other strengths that you provide to, to this team, right? So let's look at your strengths and look at how we can use that to improve your weaknesses, right? So with the job that... I'm in right now, they've been very open to that concept in terms of let's look at some of our weaknesses. Let's do appreciative inquiry and and see how we can just be be consistent moving forward. So recently I've worked on um, I did assessment for our managers team within that organization of a department. And we just look at the work culture. We're looking at what are some of the things that helps retain employees. We're looking at some of the areas that we need to work on to implement management training. Um, that was about a three month long project that included surveys, that included interviews, that included you know an, an executive summary report. Um, but it was a great experience because I think Oftentimes, employees don't have that opportunity to sit down and talk about their experience at the job. <laughs> the only time they talk about right. it, right, is either in the beginning during the interview or at the end when they're resigning and they have that exit interview. But no one really sits down and gives them like, hey, here's the mic. Tell me how you're feeling throughout this process. Tell me what you think you should work on. Um, and it's important for me coming into these roles to make sure that I'm not just hearing your problems and passing along because then we don't build that trust. We don't build that rapport because they're going to feel like, Francis, I told you a year ago these issues and nothing's fixed, you know? So I also like to make sure that when I'm working with the client to be to make them aware that if I'm going to do this research, if I'm going to do this project and I'm going to bring you all these rich um, information, you know, Right. You should, you have to do something with it, right? Um, because if not, we're not implementing change. We're just checking the box. So that's currently what I'm working on right now. And this is for a nonprofit organization. They have um, multiple locations and they it, it's a mental health service. So in the next upcoming months, what we're going to start doing is looking at interventions to help implement and create some sort of training. So that's what we're doing. Wow. 
Wow, that's, that is truly unbelievable. I'm so glad that there's companies that's really looking at those weaknesses and trying to, you know, build from it and tr really trying to care about the employees as I'm a big, you know, advocate for, you know, employee relations department yeah. as I feel like, you know, we, we have to care about those who are working to make the organization better and, and bringing, yeah. that, bringing that, you know, bottom line up. So that's all very, very um, inspiration on your end that you're really pushing things forward and I hope more businesses listening to this podcast and business owners you know be able to implement you know a DDO within within their organization and be able to to move things forward like that how would how how what advice would you give or how would you um how would you be able to share some of your your knowledge or how would you be able to 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 communicate with with our listeners about managing up managing sideways and managing down you know if they're in a position where they don't have you know a doctor's degree they don't have you know uh, any type of education but they're in a position where they can see themselves moving up you know within an organization and and they want to be able to manage up or or they feel like you know they're you know them and their peers are kind of, you know, in a competition to for the next promotion or how do they manage sideways within within their own peer group? I would first start off with knowledge and research, right? So it's like, oftentimes, I can only speak for myself, right? Um, I think what stops me is a lack of confidence, right? So you have to think about what makes me feel confident enough to, to voice my opinion, to take that risk, right? So for me, I have felt in order to help boost my confidence, I have to know more. So reading, right? We, let's start off with just the basics. Um, Peter Block, um, Flawless Consultant. Get that on audio. Get that book. It, it helps break down like the stages of like uh, being a, a, cons a consultant. And then right. from there, when you're driving, play it, <laughs> you know? Start listening to that and, and get the feel of like what this is, what it means to be um, a consultant. And and that would be like one of my first advice. Get some books and if, you know, depending on your time, you're saying, I don't have enough time, right? I'm, I have kids, I have work, I have A, B, and C. Get the audio book and listen to it on your commute from wherever you're what, what is the name of that, of, of, the, of that person? Flawless Consultant. Flawless. There you go. Peter Block. Flawless. Peter Block. Yeah. Uh, All right. So, so for you listeners out there, definitely look them up. Flawless, uh, flawless by Peter Block, and be and be able to to you know gain that knowledge and be able to implement that on on how to be able to manage up or manage those around you to become a better leader. And and what what advice would you give? You know, for someone who's trying to become a better leader, but they're having problems or they have a challenge that, you know, to overcome with with a supervisor or, or their peers. I think it takes a lot of reflection. Right. So when you're in this role, you're going to get a lot of. Um, so you're going to get a lot of personalities. You're going to get a lot of emotions directed towards you, but it's not really you. It's yeah. your role. Right. Um especially if you're going to be like a change agent, oftentimes yeah. there's going to be a group of people that's resistant. They prefer what they're used to, right? So you have to remember like when you're having these discussions, when you're when you're dealing with certain people that aren't ready for change, that they're not necessarily angry at you. <laughs> it's, it's the ideas, it's the fears, it's the deeper instituted 
you know, in, internal issues that they're having. So I think as you take on this role, right, you have to take time to take breaks. And, you know, self-care sounds cliche, right? But you really have to because there are, there are going to be times where you're going to have this great plan. You're going to, like, you're going to be practicing in the mirror. You're going to be like, yes, I have the speech. I'm about to kill it. You present it, and they're just like, nope. <laughs> you have to be prepared for those 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 defeats as well. Um, because it's, you know, those, those are part of the battles, but that's not the complete Absolutely. war. So I think when, when trying to just be more engaged and active in your environment, the first thing is having a greater sense of awareness of who you are and being able to separate, you know, this is Francis, you know, the friend, we're just hanging out. And then this is like the professional that um, is coming in here to implement some sort of change. Absolutely, and I've been extremely lucky to be able to experience both sides of the per- of your personality and, and experience, you know, your, that that greatness from you. And like you said, it's, it's really hard to, to be able to overcome those challenges, but to be able to self-reflect and you know, um, this is great philosopher that says, you know, an unexamined life is not worth living. So to examine every single step of the way where you're at in, in academia or if you're in a in a in a workplace. You know, examining where you at, self-care. We just had a podcast. Go check it out on self-care and self-love. And and that's pretty much what the beginning of it. Know that it don't take it personal with your position, like you like you said. And be able to overcome, you know, all those feelings that you have. You know, keep it under control. Know that it's not personal. And be able to find yourself and love yourself. And then be able to communicate that with those around you. And be able to share, you know, how you're feeling and share your opinions. And not be scared to speak up when you're feeling those that way, like, like you explained. That's all an amazing advice and how does all of and how does all of this um you know has has contributed to, as through your success how has self-leadership self-development has been a, played a role in your life i think it's allowed me to just look at society from a different perspective um i think when we're younger we're told you have to be the loudest <laughs> to be the leader Right. And it's not that simple. Like it's not just being the loudest. Like and I think we're so used to, you know, society telling us like leader is the best role. It's not necessarily the best role. It's the role that like, you know, that fits you. And you're you're a leader because you're it's given to you by followers. Right. Um, the followers the followers believe in you. The followers trust in you, and and that's how that role comes along, right? Um, well, that's the best version of a leader, you know, because if you have loyalty, you're more likely to have people work for you consistently, even during um, hard times, as opposed to if you run by fear, because that means the moment the fear is gone, they're out. So I think it's helped me just understand. Um, just have a greater sense of interpersonal skills and working on that, you know, working on emotions, working on how to um, actively listen to other people um, and realizing that leadership is a two-way street. It's definitely not, I tell you these, um, I give you these demands and you follow it. That's not going to be effective leadership. The authoritarian type of leadership is always seems to go like we're boom, it exactly. always goes downwards. So 
to be able to see how you've always been, you know, self-developing. You're always looking forward and and, and and always trying to learn more and more and, and learning how that compassion and learning the, the true the truth behind the people who you're working with and being able to communicate with those who you're working with, you know, has helped will help you be a better leader. And it's and it's very important to know that um, you know you just have to keep learning. You can't stop learning. You have to keep going. You have to keep gain, gaining knowledge. You know, I kind of see it as I have to become an intellectual extremist. You know, you just have to keep downloading all that information and try to try to empower yourself. And this is a great quote by Socrates that says, you know, I know that I know nothing. So pretty much you just have to keep on learning. You just have to keep on going. And to or sometimes to, you know, get that feedback from those around you with an open mind and not to think that you know it all as a leader and being able to work together to get there. And go check out Frances Matthews' book where she's going to be able to explain a lot more things. And please, can you reiterate your book so our listeners and, and viewers can... Can definitely go look you up. Sure, no problem. It's the correlation um, between depression and a, sorry, it's the correlation between depression and a culturation amongst Asian American immigrants. And I think wow. you know we can speak to this, right? I think there's a big um, gap in between mental health services and first generation immigrants coming into this country, wow. right? And I think we're so used to culturally dealing with it in house. Um, but there needs to be more awareness in terms of like how to get them into um, these clinics and seeking services elsewhere. There, there, you, there, there, there it is. There it is. Absolutely. Go, go find it in uh, Amazon. Um, and go purchase that book. Go read about it. If if you're a first time immigrant, if you're the, if you just want to learn more about those differences, go to Amazon. Get the book. Uh, Francis Matthew. You'll be able to find it, um, and it'll be on the link here above or below so just click there find it and you'll be able to to directly purchase it there so thank you francis matthew thank you for being here for being able to share your knowledge and wisdom and your journey as you keep going on this amazing amazing path that you're on you know she is a licensed social worker she she's a she's a doctoral student at william james college she's from lynn massachusetts <laughs> thank you for being here at socratic theory matthew yeah, thank uh you, francis thank matthew you. appreciate it thank you francis i appreciate you thank you nice nice this was an amazing experience and i hope to have you for round two next year <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> yes thank you thank you everyone for listening i'm your host socrates trinidad who was here talking about leadership and discussing you know the different the difference um between organizational and the the type of different strategies that that matthew was uh that francis matthew was able to share with us and and so much more information so please listen in and, and tune in for the next one thank you everyone all right Woo-hoo. perfect that was awesome <laughs> nice you all